Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion. Hi, Connor. Hey, Brittany. So one of the things I love about being a writer is that I get to tell stories. Now, the stories I tell are real. They're usually things that happen in the news or things that politicians are doing. But other writers write fiction, and that's what I like to do when I am not writing. I like to read a lot of fiction. And one of the reasons I read fiction so much is that I feel like it allows me kind of escape the hustle and bustle of everyday life, get to kind of lose myself in someone else's story. I mean, there's really nothing better, especially when the weather's all rainy and cold, curling up with a good book. What about you, Connor? Do you read a lot of fiction? You know, I mostly read nonfiction because I'm typically just trying to learn new things. But the fiction that I've uh, enjoyed the most in the past is, uh, well, there's two types. Uh, One is dystopian fiction. We've talked about that in the past when it's kind of portraying something really bad happening in the future, you know, governments in control. And I, I like those stories because, you know, of course, the protagonist, the character in the book, you know, ultimately, typically will succeed, right? In the end, they kind of beat the you know, system and uh, find freedom either for themselves or many others. And I like those because those are inspirational to me in my work, right? Like they get me really motivated about, yeah, they did it. So can I. (laughs) And and so I I like those kind of stories. I also like, I'm trying to remember the name of the genre. I think it's just called like historical fiction where um, there will be uh, you know, it's, it's real events. It's really happening. Like my kids right now are reading, uh, what's it called? Rush Revere, I think. So it's, Never heard of that. it's Rush Limbaugh. Um, but he becomes kind of like Paul Revere. And so, uh, it's Wait, this a, is uh, the real thing. So it's a series of books that Rush yeah. Limbaugh publishes and it wow. teaches some stuff about American history. Um, and, uh, and so it's events that are really taking place at the time. Another thing is, uh, Liberty Kids. This was a fun yes, I love that TV one. series. I think PBS put it on, but yeah, there's fictional characters who, uh, are kind of going through their story at the time of, you know, the constitution and declaration of independence and so forth. And so through that fictional story, we're able to kind of learn more about what happened. And so I like that because it's a fun way to learn about history, but not just in a history book where it's like, these things happened and then this guy did this. It's more story-based because what I've learned over the years, and and so this is a a really good secret for all the kids listening, is that there's like, our our brains are like a computer and like computers, there's there's a code, right? There's like a, a programming code that's involved. And, and the way that our minds are coded, the way that code works is story. Yep. Story, it, it literally, like, you can upload something into someone else's brain, like a computer. It's like putting a, a like if in the Matrix, right, where you, you kind of plug them into the Matrix. If you tell someone something in a story, they are way more likely to learn it or be persuaded by it rather than you just kind of lecturing them or telling, like that's why the Tuttle Twins books are so fun for a lot of kids is because we're not just sitting down and saying, now we're going to teach you what inflation is. And now we're (laughs) going to talk about sound money and, you know, what uh, the problems with dollars are and the Federal Reserve. No, like that'd be immensely boring. But through a fun story, um, you know, a lot of the kids out there listening to this have read that book and have learned all those ideas through story. So it's, it's the way our brains are wired. It's the way they work. So I, I love um, I love reading stories because it is such a way to kind of communicate ideas to other people. That's I'm really glad you said that because that's kind of the point I wanted to get to is it's you know fiction is not just for fun. Even though we love these fantasy almost like stories, 
um, it can be a really good teacher for us. And not even just, like you said, you know, rooting for the underdog. If you believe you can do it, you can do it. But also just dealing with trials and adversity because there's no story that just starts with, you know, once upon a time there was this happy little village and then they all stayed happy forever at the end, right? That doesn't happen. So our characters go through these really, you know, these trials and tribulations, as we would call them, and they come out in the end stronger and better. So I think there's a lot of lessons we can learn in our own life. I also think, so a lot of cultures, our own included, pass down, you know, their histories through stories. And so you get a lot of the the traditions of local, uh, well, I guess what we call them, I don't want to call them tribes, but they kind of are. (laughs) Like Utah specifically, I mean, you know, there's a lot of local history that's specific to Utah and it kind of embodies what Utahns believe. They're industrious people. They're very, you know, they're full of integrity, things like that. So these local stories can kind of help. In fact, fairy tales were often local stories. So Cinderella, we all know that story. I won't tell, you know, I won't rehash that. But every culture like has its own version of Cinderella and it takes different, it manifests itself in different ways depending on what the culture is. So that's really interesting to me because it hits on what you said was a code. It's almost like our brains know that these are stories, these are these are anecdotes, if you will, that we like to hear and that we learn from. So let's talk more about what we can learn from a good book. What is a lesson that you've learned, Connor, from a really good fiction book? I've I've learned that um, perseverance is so important. In fact, my uh, granddad, uh, he died about a decade ago, but when I was younger, he always used acronyms, right? Where you kind of take the first letter of a bunch of words and turn it into he'd make up his own or he or these he were make up, he would make up his own and and so he would always as a kid he would always say connor pppg and that stood for <laughs> persistence pays pretty good and and that's such a good life lesson that i've internalized and remembered because so many good things in life come through hard work you have to be dedicated you have to follow through and i love you know fictional stories that really emphasize it's not just like, oh, I had a problem and then I thought up a solution and then off I went to, you know, go uh, solve the problem and life was great. Like, no, some of the, the greatest stories are about adversity and, and trials, as you pointed out. But those trials can sometimes last a while. You can sometimes fail, right? You stumble along the way. You struggle to succeed. And so it's inspirational for me to read stories and seeing other people's, but even if it's true life stories, right? Maybe it's kind of a fictional take on someone's true life story, but like a biography, but understanding that that good things come to those who persevere, uh, who really try and work hard is really motivating to me because I don't think good things in life come you know, very easy. We have to work hard for things that matter. And so I really gravitate towards stories that have that type of focus. Well, and what that kind of is, what you just explained is something that Joseph Campbell, who's one of my heroes, he called it a hero's journey. And it is his book that's about this hero's journey is called The Hero with a Thousand Faces. And what that title means, and it's kind of like I said with Cinderella, is you can have the same story almost. It seems nearly identical, but in every culture, it might be a little different based on the culture. Or even, you know, maybe if it's a female character, she's going to be a little bit different than if it was a similar story with a male character. You're going to have these differences. But the point of a hero's journey is they all have like the same template, if you will. So they all start out the same. So you have this ordinary world. I like to use this with Harry Potter because this to me is is the most obvious and everybody knows Harry Potter. So in the beginning, you have like the ordinary world, right? Where Harry just thinks he's he's a muggle. I'm assuming everyone knows Harry Potter. If you don't know Harry Potter, we have bigger problems. <laughs> but So it starts with the ordinary world. He lives with this terrible aunt and uncle. He's thinking, oh, you know, my life is so hard, but that's the way life is. And then he gets this Called to adventure is what they call it, which for Harry would probably be receiving his his letter to Hogwarts saying, you know, you're you're a wizard, Harry. 
And then you have that moment where the the protagonist, the hero, just kind of thinks he can't do it, right? He kind of thinks like Harry's like, I can't be a wizard. There's no way. I'm just a boy. I'm just Harry. And then they have to find mentors, which again, Harry Potter, he has so many. Dumbledore, mm-hmm. Hagrid, so many. And then, you know, crossing the first threshold. So the transformation begins in the story. Our hero becomes stronger, becomes bigger when he starts transforming because of the bad things that happened to him or because of the trials that happened to him. And Harry Potter is filled with so many, it's hard to even pick just one. Obviously, every book has like its, what do they call them in video games? Like final boss? Is that what we call uh, them? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, like the final boss. Uh, but but they all follow this premise. You know, I did that with Harry Potter, but we could just as easily do this with Aladdin. We could just as easily do, you know, Ordinary World when Aladdin is still Aladdin and he's not Prince Ali and then he gets the call to adventure. So all these stories, like they have the same element in it. And I think it's really cool because I think it speaks to what you said, Connor. It shows us that humans kind of have a code, that we're kind of like computers in that way, where we really like things to be in the same format because that's how we learn from them so i find it really interesting i do too and you know it's not just uh, for fiction books it's also movies yes uh, you know i know uh, i'm a big fan of the the matrix which is you know for older i've kids never seen the watch. matrix oh that that's a problem Brittany. you would enjoy <laughs> it and so you know it's in uh, uh star wars you know you think of like luke skywalker he's on tatooine right he's just this ordinary guy uh, like the the format goes, it's like a formula, I guess, is a good way to put it, or that code, right? It's you know, it's your ordinary person. You you talked about Harry Potter, but uh, in Star Wars, it's Luke Skywalker. Yes, he's that's called, another good one. He's called to an adventure, right? R two D two gives him a message from Princess Leia, uh, asking Obi Wan Kenobi to help her, and and uh, you know, it goes from there, right? So you're called to the adventure. You initially refuse the call, right? The hero is always very reluctant, and so. Luke doesn't want to accept the the offer, but then he meets with the mentor. You pointed out, you know, Hagrid and Dumbledore for Harry Potter, and in uh, in Luke Skywalker's case, Obi-Wan. he's got Obi Wan Kenobi and and Yoda it, later on. True, exactly. Obi Wan gives him his dad's lightsaber. You know, offers to train him. He then he then has to uh, what's it called? Like cross the threshold. He has to make the you, decision. You reminded me of something else cool too. If you think about it, that follows the same thing. So Obi Wan gave uh, Luke his father's uh, lightsaber, and Dumbledore gives Harry his father's invisibility cloak. So just a cool little thing there. <laughs> Another little tie-in, and I want to talk about that in a minute because I think there's an interesting criticism. That some people have to all Let's of hear it. So we can talk about that in a minute. So to finish the Star Wars story, just to see how the, the same formula that you mentioned for Harry's Harry Potter applies to all these other books and movies. And so in this case, we're talking Star Wars. He he crosses the threshold, right? He decides to leave Tatooine and accompany Obi Wan to Alderaan uh, to deliver the plans for uh, the Death Star. Um, and so then, of course, along the way, there's challenges and you meet allies and there's enemies. Right. So he picks up friends, uh, Han Solo and Chewbacca, and they, you know, go on the adventure as well. And uh, I think like Lord of the Rings is another perfect example. Right. You think of Frodo Baggins and uh, he's, you know, going with Samwise Gamgee and all his buddies to go on this adventure. So there, there's challenges along the way. They they then approach you know, the, the, the first challenger, right? And so the Death Star destroys Alderaan and they have to invade the Death Star, save Princess Leia. Then there's the, uh, the ordeal. So the group rescues Leia, but Darth Vader kills Obi-Wan in the process. But then there's, you know, the reward at the end. Luke decides to join the rebels, destroy the Death Star. Um, you know, he refuses Han Solo's offer to leave, instead decides to help defeat the Galactic Empire, 
and then he remembers Obi-Wan's advice and uses the force to help him destroy the Death Star, this kind of victory at the end. And then there's always the return at the end, right? The hero's journey, part of the journey is the end, uh, which is kind of funny. That's what I think Iron Man says in like the very last uh, Avengers movie. He's floating in space and he, he says uh, he's, he's recording uh, this because he thinks he's going to die. And, and he says part of the journey is the end. But that's part of this formula, this code. Yeah, it that, is. You know, at the end, you return back. And so, of course, Luke wins a medal, takes his steps towards becoming a Jedi, you know, and off he goes. Um, and so it's really interesting. Here's the criticism that I want to talk a little bit about. It feels like or the criticism would say that these stories, these fictional stories, these epics, right, the the big hero stories. And there's so many others that we could rattle off that kind of follow the same template that they are, I'll use the word formulaic, right? Mm -hmm. They they follow the formula. And uh, someone might criticize that and say, well, they're not being creative. It's like you're just taking the same exact story and swapping out the characters, right? Okay, instead of Harry Potter, we'll do Frodo. Skywalker, whoever. Right, we'll change the scenery. We'll, We'll change everyone's names, but it's the same story. And so you're just copying and pasting. You're just doing the same thing over. Why aren't you coming up with anything new and creative? How would you defend the hero's journey against that type of criticism? I would almost call it, there's a musical term called variations on a theme, and it's very pleasing to the ear uh, for listeners. So it's where something is similar. There's got, you know, it has similar elements, but it's done differently. Each time it's done differently. That's how I feel about a hero's journey. It's it's very hard. Sure, an author has a formula of, all right, you know, call to action, this, 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 this. But that doesn't make the story interesting. What makes the story interesting is the individual things that happen to this character, right? So you still have to be creative. You still have to retell the story in a way that is compelling. In many ways, you have to be more creative because it has been using the same formula for so many years that you really have to rely on being able to tell a really good, very unique, never been told kind of story. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's important to understand. And it's not like every fiction story has to use uh, the hero's journey. Not all of them do. There's lots of creative fiction out there that uh, that doesn't. But when you're talking about defeating an enemy, when you're talking about rising above a challenge and, and overcoming the struggle, um, it, it's almost, again, like the code in our brain. Like this is how things go in our own life, right? Initially, we might be reluctant to you know, tackle whatever the problem is. Maybe it's asking for a promotion at work for the adults. Maybe it's asking a girl to be your girlfriend for the teenagers. Maybe <laughs> for the kids, it's asking for more allowance. Like we all have these struggles that we're trying to figure out over uh, how to overcome. And, you know, you need some allies. You need a mentor, just someone to coach you and show you the way and say, I've been there, right? So then you've got your Dumbledores. You've got your uh, who's our Lord of the Rings friend? With the I've never Dumbledore. seen Lord of the Rings either. Oh my heavens! <laughs> we're, we're gonna have to our next several podcasts. We're just gonna fifteen minutes at a time play the Matrix and the Lord of the Rings. This is amazing. I'm learning all kinds of depressing things about you. Okay, well, there's there's time to repent and. and it's um oh my gosh it's it's the guy with the big staff and the beard and everyone listening is shouting oh, in their it's right hold on i gandalf. know his name it's gandalf, gandalf. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah so you know you got gandalf he's the mentor right or you've got obi-wan and so we need mentors in our own life to to point us in the right direction help us make sure we stay on the path we are going to have allies we're going to have challenges along the way until finally we decide to try and tackle whatever that big challenge was and really try and you know, uh, move forward in life and overcome those struggles. So I think it speaks to us because it's the way our life 
uh, is kind of structured. It's the way humans work. It's the way our brains have been wired. Um, and so it's very fascinating uh, the, how powerful fiction can uh, can be. Brittany, I'll, I'll toss it to you for any final thoughts on this topic. I think you pretty much summed it up. Uh, my, I guess my last thing that I would say is to remember that you're all the heroes in your own story, which I think is a really cool thing because that means that you have an opportunity to to make your life really exciting, to make it a story that somebody wants to tell. So I think you should remember that every day. I, I love that point. That's a great one to conclude on, guys. Make sure to head to TuttleTwins.com slash podcast. Check out the show notes. We'll link to several things about the hero's journey and story that you'll want to check out if you want to uh, keep learning more about this fun topic. Brittany, is always great talking to you, and we'll see you next time. Talk to you next time. You've been listening to The Way the World Works. Make sure your family is subscribed and check out TuttleTwins.com for more awesome content.